What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Joystick Chronicles podcast. Today, we're getting real because Warzone is in a bad place and we need to talk about it. Buckle up those bootstraps and let's get started. Welcome. Hello, guys. Um, question of the day. You're, you're jumping straight into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Duh. Question of the day. It is very poignant topic today because your Tennessee Volunteers men's basketball team plays in a matter of hours. And I have a college basketball related question because... An hour and five minutes. What? I said an hour and five minutes. Oh, I thought you said five but minutes. I said... An hour and five minutes. lied to me. Who's counting? So college basketball, both of us are fans of very good teams at the moment. Illinois is my team. Um, and I actually went to Illinois and... Tennessee is your team, and you went to Illinois State, so that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Balls, baby. But I have a list right here of 150 college basketball programs, and this is based off of the change in social media interaction for each of these programs from Mm. 2019 to 2020. So I look at this as how enthusiastic their fan base is online. Okay. Both of our teams are on this list. And I will tell you, Illinois is at number two. Illinois had a 159% increase uh, in social media interactions. Oh, easily. Uh, from 2019 to 2020. Uh, I yeah, mean, because you guys were good last year. We were good last year and we're even better this year. And we Wait. had Iota Sunmu and Kofi Coburn come back. So, I mean. Is, is that, so is it the increase from 2019 to like of the that count the 2019 season yes it's the 20, 2019 year to the season? 2020 year oh okay well we weren't nearly as good in 2020 so so my question to you of these 150 teams where does tennessee rank we have a lot of social media uh presence it's called vol twitter and if uh if you want to tune in shortly because uh, Tennessee football is imploding again, um, Vol Twitter Watch is the world ruthless. burn. Oh my God. Uh, there's a book called Decade of Dysfunction, which I am looking forward to reading, but it's just about how, uh, how Tennessee football has just... <sighs> imploded? What's, what's the right word? I mean, I used imploded already. So yeah, but, I mean, basically over the last <laughs> 10 years. But anyway... Vault Twitter, so for those who don't know, like three years ago, 2017, during that coaching search, um, Vault Twitter essentially got the coach fired, got the eventually AD fired. Uh, we were shooting down uh, his coaching. The, the room, so rumors would come out about a coach and we'd be like, hell no. I, I actually remember that. That was... There's was an event called Shiano Sunday. Ago? Yeah, like we that? were trying to... We really wanted um, who's uh, uh, Gruden. Gruden was like the big thing three years ago. John or Jay? It was John. John. Right? Yeah. Our social media is Psychopaths. insane. Yeah, because we just love Tennessee way too much. But anyway, uh, where do I think Tennessee ranked? Because I wouldn't say last year in basketball we were we really weren't all that good last year. Yeah. 2019. So you, you know, number two, number two is Illinois. So one, I would say we're even though we have a really high representation. I'd say we were like fifth. Oh, uh, no. 
What? You were 147. Really? Yeah. In basketball? Yeah, that makes sense, though. I would say that uh, this year, if we continue to be good, we'll, we'll probably be top five in yeah. social media get that back up sense. there in the in the percent change although you, you guys had a good team last year we we're okay we couldn't figure it out we didn't have enough talent i mean you look at the the top of this list and it's all the top tier programs Blue i mean bloods kansas Duke. illinois dayton's up there who has been really good maryland's been good um iowa 147 that's the little bit of shade i had to throw to you just because <laughs> couldn't be more off. fun banter i, I couldn't couldn't help myself. Actually, I should have thought because it's based on percent change. Yeah. The year before, we would have had a high percent. And then you had a, I think it was a 47% decrease. Anyway, to the topic at hand, let's talk about video games coming up uh, that are being Warzone. released here in 2021. Yeah, we're not talking about Warzone yet. We'll get there. Okay. I like Warzone. Uh, yeah, everyone knows that. This is the. Big games coming out in 2021, uh, pulling this list from IGN. Uh, we were talking about it on Twitter a couple days ago, uh, if you saw that. But one of these games, I am convinced to get you to try okay. at least one. Pull you off a of war zone. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but we're going to try it. Um, so I put out my top four on Twitter of what I'm looking forward to. I said Halo Infinite, God of War. Far Cry 6 and Hogwarts Legacy because, I mean, we talked about it at one of our first episodes and um, the game looks cool. It, I don't know if it'll be one that playing for a while, but I at least want to try it. So, are there any uh, big games that is going to pull you off a of Warzone here? Halo. Halo, yeah. I knew that was going to be it. That's Halo. not even a question. Yeah. I mean, Halo is going to be fun. As long as it's not so far off what Halo's always been. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. From some of the screenshots that I've seen of Halo Infinite, it looks, I would say, on brand with what Halo's traditionally been. Uh, so I think it'll come down to the actual gameplay, um, whether or not they do come out with a Battle Royale, which we've talked about. Who knows if that's ever going to happen? Uh, I would love, love to see it happen, but we won't find out until later this year. Mm -hmm. um, so Halo definitely is one that we're excited for. God of War, I am excited for. Um, I think, actually... The only problem with that one is that I haven't even looked. Is that is God of War Ragnarok going to be available on PC? Yeah, no. It looks like it's just yeah, no. PS5. So may need to be adjusting my list here because your boy does not have a PS5. That's okay. Far Cry Six looks fun. I'm excited for that. Can you give it a shot? Hopefully, maybe that's one we can pull you into an RPG game. I'm open to a lot of these games as long as we could play together. Like, I don't really, I just, I won't really play it by myself. Yeah, which is fair. Is that the biggest drawback for RPG games for you? Yeah, I mean, I still like them. Like, I played, I played a lot of Fallout, but just, like, in my adult life now, I just feel like there's other better things I could be doing, if that makes sense, even though we play a ton of Warzone. That's also part of my social interaction because mm -hmm. I get to play with the boys. So yeah. I don't, I won't just like fire it up and play by myself. I would probably either, I don't know. I'd just do something else. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the type to fire it up and play by myself. No problem admitting that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've always been a fan of RPG games though. Really Fallout was, Fallout 4 was the only one that, really got me into RPGs and I'd be open because I really did enjoy Fallout, but 
I haven't really played anything else since then. Yeah. I, I saw that data miners have found um, some possible leaks or hints at uh, Nintendo Switch Pro coming out in uh, the near future, maybe. So I know we've been talking about the Switch a little bit, and I know your brother is pressuring you to get one and, and play with the family. Um, so could the Nintendo Switch Pro be something that you're looking at and, uh, and decide to get, assuming that it comes out and all the rumors are true? Um, curious to see if it, when and if that comes out, if that would have any exclusive games um, outside of the traditional Nintendo realm um, that could pull people in. Yeah. Yeah, I like I just talked to my sister um who I talked about I think last week. Uh my brother went in on getting her a Switch and she and my brother have been playing every night. They've been racing in Mario Kart <laughs> and currently she is leading the series. Oh, that's hilarious. So I love it. She's loving it. I I think it's a possibility. The only thing I and, and you we kind of talked about the RPGs. I think the idea behind video games for me and like talking about it before is I'm just, I'm so competitive that like, I know if I were to get a switch, it would bother me if I weren't good at the game. So then I would have to devote more time to that. <laughs> I, I already know, like I already know. And yeah. I feel like I can't justify more time trying to get good at that when I like, I've got work and other stuff going on that I could be doing. And I already devote, a good amount of time to Warzone. Yeah. So it would just split things, which is fine, but it's a possibility. We'll see. Uh I'd like to win. So did you ever play Hitman? No. So Hitman 3 is coming out this year. And I played, I think it was Hitman. It might have been the original one. I don't remember exactly which one I played. Uh, but that is a fun game. And there's supposed to be a James Bond game coming out. Oh. I don't know if it's going to be this year or 2022, um, but it sounds like the the makers of Hitman are now making James the new James Bond game, which That's silly James Bond games were so much fun. I don't know if you could bring that back because it was it was just so it was classic. Yeah. And I don't the kids don't really know James Bond really. I don't think anymore. I don't, at least the younger generation, I would say probably like our generation is maybe where it stopped. Yeah. Um, but I mean, James Bond games were so much fun. I, we Golden would play Eye. those for hours. Goldeneye. was not enough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, the multiplayer Nightfall. on those. Sorry. <laughs> Nightfall was, I think to me, it was the best one. Yeah. Um, hey, I, oh gosh. Those were just so much fun. Yeah. The, the amount of hours put into those games just it, and it it was the it felt like a typical multiplayer game like you would play in Call of Duty. It's like a first like one of the early first person shooters where you could play versus bots and play with your friends. And yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah. it was great. It was so much fun. Uh, we would the amount of bots that we would put into the game and uh, and just crank up the difficulty on that and mm -hmm. like play against each other and ah uh, takes me back. Uh -huh. That was yeah. so much fun. So, uh, I mean, I talked, uh, we, we were talking a little bit on Twitter about the nostalgia of the Hogwarts game, but um, the nostalgia of, of a James Bond game coming back and to see what that could look like on a next-gen next console or, or just back to the graphical standards of 2021 yeah. would be wild. I'm really mm -hmm. excited to see that. Um, so that's coming. 
and it's gonna be a fun one in Terrasante. there's gonna be a new call of duty coming out in 2021 um Have they said what it gonna be not yet so the rumor is that sledgehammer games is developing it and sledgehammer did advanced warfare so it could be in advanced warfare 2 mm. um but we don't know i don't think we're gonna find out for a little while here was a flop <laughs> hot debate that one uh ah. i wasn't a huge fan of advanced warfare uh but i i've seen on twitter and across the interweb that people would love to see an advanced warfare too i'm not really sure i'm a part of that crowd but uh personal preference war zone transition into that that would be cold war that'd be kind of wild you're going from modern warfare back to cold war then to advanced warfare that's a that's an interesting transition and as i mean future as we talked about in the last episode is is I'm curious to see how they do the transition into the next game because then are they just going to be essentially vaulting all of the modern warfare guns uh, in, in just modern warfare in general and only mm-hmm. have two games running at a time. So it's you're in the that present time, then going back in time, then you're going to the future while taking the present time out of it. So it's like yeah. you're just essentially creating an even further gap between the two games timeline-wise. So it's right. how do you continue to marry those? Uh, and that'll be difficult. So who knows what they're going to do with it? They may not. It may not be an advanced warfare. We shall see. We shall. Warzone's already messed up enough now. There's a lot wrong with Warzone. I, I, Warzone is in a very interesting place right now. Uh, and there's. I'll still play it though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's. Uh, I feel like so much wrong with the game that can be fixed and addressed. That's just not. Um. And it may be coming to a point where they're going to start losing a player base uh, and people just start to move on from it because it's getting to be just so ridiculous. Um, I think the first just funny one to me is just the state of the Cold War camos within Warzone um, because it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, you you pull up uh, a gold modern warfare gun and it looks great. Obviously, it was developed for that the engine and, and with the game from the start. Um, but you bring in Cold War, and I mean, Cold War camos in Cold War look phenomenal. There, there's no way around it. The mastery camos are awesome. Um, yeah. Gold looks great. It's super reflective when you you put it on in game. Um, the diamond camos are sweet, whether that's regular diamond or plague diamond. Uh, and then Dark Matter and Dark Ether. I think Dark Ether is cooler, which obviously isn't available in Warzone yet, but uh, update, your boy unlocked it. So waiting for that day. Um, so the mastery camos are really cool, but you bring them into Warzone and they look terrible. They're just dull. The diamond camos look awful. They, <laughs> Very I, good. I forget, one of the funniest... Uh, descriptions i think it was actually nade shot nade shot is one is um who has been a big uh proponent of bringing reactive camos into the game which i think the mastercraft blueprints are maybe the start of that um but i mean he's i feel like been one of the most vocal people about how the call of duty franchise needs to do so much more with camos and uh mm-hmm. in bringing in reactive camos but i think his description of the the gold diamond uh, it was like it looks like a tobacco leaf 
strapped with like a studded belt <laughs> on it or something. I forget exactly what he said, but it was oh lord. When you think about it, it was kind of spot on because it the diamond camo in Cold War looks so cool. It's it literally looks like your gun is studded with diamonds um, on the body, and then you bring it into uh, Warzone, and it just looks like a bunch of I don't even know. Just like dots Sequence. all over. Yeah, it looks terrible. Um, so there's that. And then yeah, circle, circulating this week on Twitter was the gold gallow. Um, and you pull up the gallow shotgun and you put on the gold in Warzone. And it's the entire gun literally is metal. And the tape you put on like the speed tape or whatever. And the tape is gold. And that's it. <laughs> that's the only thing. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's literally to the point where not even the camels are right like if if you can't get the basics of your guns correct uh which we'll talk about because the guns aren't balanced um then some of the larger issues that need to be addressed like skill-based matchmaking uh, like an anti-cheat any of that that's that's not gonna happen if you can't get the fundamentals right then what are we doing yeah so uh, they've been really res- once again. We've said this though. They've been very um, communicative and responsive, and just they need to keep listening, though. Yeah. Well, and I think too, with Raven taking over the development of Warzone, um, I think they were obviously handed a. I don't want to say a shit product, but a game that needed a lot of work. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they had 100% had their work cut out for them and they're fighting an uphill battle, uh, especially with the community who's just been pissed off in general because of the lack of communication from uh, Infinity Ward. Yeah. Uh, so taking that over, I think it's been really good to see that they're communicative. Um, and I mean, they're even tweeting. They're like, hey, listen, we're reading all of your uh, feedback, please keep giving us constructive feedback and we want to address the issues within the game. But I feel like it's to the point where there is so much that needs to be addressed uh, and fixed in their game that I don't know if they're going to be able to get to it all. Especially in a year if another Call of Duty is coming out. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's less than a year now. We're, and they're I still mean, dropping new content and stuff. Like, yeah. they've, they're still working on other things. So it's a lot. So it's hard when when you have so many different developers involved. You think about Treyarch's doing Cold War, Raven's doing Modern Warfare. It's like they have to be in lockstep on everything that is happening between the two games. Like if if you make an update to a gun in Cold War, that update should be reflected in Warzone, but that we're not seeing that. And right. I think the biggest piece of that is even from the um, even from the integration, from the start of when Warzone flipped to include Cold War guns, none of the attachments matched up to what they said they were doing in Warzone. Uh, yeah. Not, I don't think a single one was correct. I really haven't had time to like play with that, but I've watched um, a few people on Twitch, and they just like Tim the Tatman was like talking about one of the attachments. He's like, I think this one's broken, but like they're just playing with all the attachments. Because they don't know what they do, so yeah. I don't necessarily have that much time to do that. But that's why you watch uh, YouTube videos for your favorite favorite streamers. It's like this is broken. 
I I think um the best person to to keep tabs on right now, especially just with the state of Warzone, is J God. Uh, if you haven't seen mm-hmm. him on YouTube, look him up. I mean, he goes through and does all like literally all the testing of attachments and and um, base weapons and everything. And he's one who um, I've been pulling a lot of information from just on gun comparisons and and what's viable, what's not, what the new meta is going to be. And uh, he really really dives deep into that. Um, and is really informative. So I, re- I recommend everybody to um, to go watch some of his videos that he puts out, and um, he's really informative. So he has done a lot of testing, uh, and he's he's compared uh, some of the guns. I, I think the biggest thing in the recent days that he's figured out is that the there's a Mac 10 blueprint, and I don't even know if he's the one who necessarily figured it out, but he's done a lot of research into it. Um, and essentially proven that this is actually happening, but there's a Mac 10 blueprint that you can buy yep. that has higher base stats than the Mac 10 in the game that you get from the battle pass. So I think Mercs was talking about it too. So not only are you buying the battle pass, which then you are able to unlock the Mac 10. So you're essentially paying for the Mac 10. Mm-hmm. You are then buying a blueprint, which in theory, blueprints should be cosmetic only. Um, yep. But in this case, you're essentially increasing the base stats of the gun by purchasing it and getting a leg up that way. So it's a, a pay-to-win structure, which I don't think is good. Well, and a lot of stuff and a lot of rumors uh, are swirling right now about um, just paying for things in the store and then getting like these streamers and people getting put in um, easier lobbies, which we haven't talked about. I think of this two ways. I think of this, I try to put myself in the shoes of, of the developer and I try to put it, put us in, obviously in our, you know, we have the perspective of ourselves playing the game. So as a developer, I think it makes sense to create a, in terms of monetization, a, um, a, a link between your, it's like a, it's like cause and effect. You, yeah. So you, by you buying like your actions, by you buying something from the store, you're going to feel good when you jump in a game and you're in a terrible lobby and just annihilating people with whatever skin you bought, whatever uh, blueprint, whatever it is. That makes sense to me because you're going to get people to that, that creates more people buying. Yeah. More but revenue. Is that right? That's the question. So like from my perspective as a gamer, I don't really buy a lot from the store because yeah. I'm trying to keep my cost low by playing this. Like mm-hmm. I, this is just fun for me. So we play together. I bought a couple skins and everything like that, but like over, I don't know the course of Warzone. I think I've maybe bought two, three skins yeah. or operators, I should say. Um, and maybe one or two, uh, of the guns. And like that keeps my cost kind of low playing the game. So, I'm not buying and get if if that's the case where I have to buy to get in worse lobbies, dude. We're get sometimes some of these games like me and you and a couple of our buddies are getting smacked, and it's like we're good. So if I'm getting put in lobbies with like four point like, and I've played uh, to shout out another uh, gamer, like we've been in lobbies with uh, if people know, I think it's a uh, Bobby Poff Gaming. Like, I've been killed by him before. Like, I know we're in lobbies with some of these streamers that are really freaking good. Yeah. And we we play pretty casually. Like, we're good. But, like, 
I'm not playing this for a living. No, and we're not so, on there every day grinding like some of these guys are. And yeah, and uh, one last thing on that too is to think about the the system that now these streams are in. It it very much benefits people that are the content creators and things like that because one, they're getting in, they're getting in these terrible lobbies by spending the money, and if they know that, then they can create more content. And it's a cycle because they're they're making you know the bigger streamers are making money off of uh those games like mm-hmm. dropping a 50 kill gameplay on youtube or something or a podcast or whatever it is that they're doing nick Merckx has two youtube channels he makes money from and gets millions of views so he can funnel that back into warzone or back yep. into he can pay he yeah, can it's pay business more. expenses yeah it is so like is that really fair uh doesn't really support your uh most of your base yeah that's um, uh lots of exploits to skill-based matchmaking um and there's a lot a lot of talk right now and i feel like a lot of these content creators who have figured out how to do this and they're kind of sitting on this information are almost scared to release it um mm-hmm. because they know that once it gets out to the general public it's going to be abused um either abused or people are going to just blow up at the either not play it or like it's gonna cause a lot of reaction obviously yeah 100 percent. and i think the biggest piece uh to note is that without having a ranked system i think that's the biggest thing skill-based match skill-based matchmaking would be okay if they had a ranked system mm-hmm. uh similar to what valorant does similar similar to what halo used to do apex uh apex yep for sure that's a good one so if they can implement that, skill-based matchmaking would be fine. At least give yeah. us something to show for these insane lobbies that you get put into and that you're doing well in. Um, but without having that, there's no reason for it. There's a lot of things, I think, that are causing concern for exploits. One, yeah. obviously you brought up uh, of the of people being placed in easier lobbies because they're buying... Uh, things in the store um, but then w- kind of what I was alluding to is I don't even think this this is related to that um, yeah. because there are some now exploits that people are saying that um, they are pretty much being put in bot lobbies 100% of the time by a very simple method that they're doing and it's completely just bypassing skill based matchmaking so um, one of the I think with a VPN and I don't, I don't to be completely honest, I don't know the method, so I don't I don't know exactly how they're doing okay. it. But uh, Modern Warzone on Twitter, if you don't know who that is, um, it's a, a guy. His name is Doug. He runs this account and he's uh, it's like a Call of Duty news account. Um, yeah. And he's really blown up this year with Warzone. Um, but he's he is aware of the method. And he even said on Twitter um, that he's not going to be publicizing it because he doesn't want people to exploit it. Um, and some of the guys who know it have said, we're just sending this straight to Activision because we want them to fix it, um, uh, because we don't want this to be a problem within the game. Um, but integrity. he, he, he tweeted out, yeah, integrity is a big, uh, I think a big thing about this, but he tweeted out, he said five things every Warzone tournament should be doing to maintain competitive integrity. Uh, one ensure crossplay is on and remains on during the tournament. Um, a lot of people are finding out that some, even some, I mean, not necessarily, um everybody but there are some console streamers who are just completely turning off crossplay so they don't have to deal with all the the pc streamers and everything Mm -hmm. um or the pc cheaters i should say 
um, yeah. that are hacking in lobbies, um, at least minimizing the the risk of that happening. You can still cheat on a on a console uh, with yeah. a Cronus, um, which we won't get into. Uh, but that is happening. Um, there's uh, number two is every competitive stream showing their ping at all times. So uh, it has something to do with the ping. Um, so I don't know if you're at a, a certain level, it's putting you in a, a specific lobby or like essentially putting you into skill-based matchmaking or, or into that algorithm. Um, three, everyone show the region before every search. Um, so this was the VPN thing uh, that I think that goes into that, that has been talked about over the course of the last couple of weeks that people are essentially handpicking what region they're playing in to get into easier lobbies. Because if mm. you're, based in Chicago playing at 5 p.m. and you're picking a lobby in or you're playing on on a VPN and selecting your region as Berlin at the same time then you're at a at an advantage because those people are you're playing up against people who aren't playing at the same time as you and it could be in the middle of the night there uh, yeah. and there's not nearly as many high skilled players on as there would be at dinner time or just after dinner uh in north america so yeah there's ways to go about it that way crazy um four is that you ensure that no one is using any method that allows them any type of server choice manipulation or influence that just kind of goes back with the um the region and then five require controller and task manager checks so the controller if you're on console you could be using a cronus uh and then task manager which just shows everything that's running on your PC to make sure that there's no cheats or hacks or anything going on shady in the background. Um, so that is essentially what he publicly said to prevent any of these methods from happening, um, especially if people are using them in a tournament. Like that's, if you're playing for money, there's no no way you should be cheating. Uh, yeah. And apparently people have been, uh, nothing has been confirmed, it's all rumors, yada yada. Um, and I'd love to see problem. where this goes because I, I think of um, these tournaments and things like there's a lot of just like kind of random rogue sort of tournaments that you could play in for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. There's obviously sponsored ones, but if you think about gaming in general, talked about the, the landscape of gaming, I'd be really curious because um, I mean, you're playing for money and you win a significant amount and you were found cheating like in any other sport really know exactly how it works but i would expect an organization to um maybe not fine but i mean you could pursue legal action even yeah i mean at that point you should be barred from any and all competition yeah there's no no reason to be allowing that and so and i just think of us in the infancy stages of this because now we're getting to much bigger tournaments and they're not we i guess they haven't found a way to police everything yet. Yeah, well, and I think specifically 2020, how everything has been online, a lot of the tournaments that happen within esports are LAN. So they're happening not online. Everybody's connected to the same network. You're doing it all in one place. Whereas in 2020, when the pandemic hit, everything switched to online. So then it, if people Remote. were aware of these exploits at that time, they could provide them a competitive advantage mm-hmm. so it would be interesting to see as not necessarily some of like the bigger war zone tournaments that happen because those are definitely all still online right. um 
but I'm thinking about like going into esports and thinking about like the CDL or, or I mean, we're obviously talking specific to Call of Duty and I'm not calling anybody out in the CDL, um, right. but it would be interesting to see, are there any big performance decreases from 2020 to 2021 when they hopefully go back to LAN? Um, and will it show that maybe there was some shady stuff going on? We don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. Um, and obviously want to reiterate, not calling anyone out. It's just something to keep an eye on and something that I'm interested in. Man, I, I think of this just like on an everyday scale too. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier, but I mean, if we were, honestly, if we were getting in easier lobbies and our group of friends were playing uh, or, or paying, you know, more found out whatever way to get in the easier lobbies, arcades would be pretty high. Like we have a, we have very good team chemistry. Mm -hmm. We play really well together and I'm around a 1.9, but I think like, you know, some of these streamers are up over four. I mean, if I, if I was in 1.0 or below lobbies, I think, I mean, mine would be way higher. Yeah. I just, I, all of us, all our whole group would. Well, I think skill-based matchmaking has created this aura around what your KD is. Because it, it, if there was no skill-based matchmaking, I feel like no one would care about what your KD is. Yeah. Um, or there would just be a new standard. Like, if, if a, you think, like, a 2.0 or above is, is impressive or whatever, that would it go up to, like, a 4.0 if there is no skill-based yeah. matchmaking. It, it, may, it may even itself out, or it would possibly even itself out, um, and there would become, essentially, a new norm of what's impressive. Yeah. Well, there's a difference, though. Like what you talked about with competitive versus social. It's like Halo 3. Yeah. Like if you're in a ranked, you know, if you're ranked a 50 in Halo 3, like, you know, you're the best of the best. You go mm -hmm. play social, you're going to annihilate everybody. Yeah. But it, it depends. You would be, you would be measured on how you did against the other 50s or whatever that meant. Yeah. Whatever apex, like your league, whatever. If you're like Diamond 3, you know. Well, anyway. and with how competitive the two of us are, I feel like that would just rope us in even more yeah. it, it did for me with halo because yeah. i mean when i was a between i would say between like 47 and 50 ranking yeah i was all right let's go like we have yeah. to win i need to get up to level 50 i need to stay there and i need to yeah. be there and i took pride in that yeah um and so i feel like if there was a traditional ranking system within call of duty i'd be totally fine at that point with skill-based matchmaking i think it should be in the game with a ranked system and it would just be so much more rewarding like right now, like you're getting in these lobbies, I mean, you think about like the hot times that you're going, like after work, after dinner, when everyone's logging into the game, it's the busy time. Yeah. It comes to a point where you're in lobbies that are just insane. And yeah. we can talk about the companion app a little bit to give you a little bit of more insight mm -hmm. as to who's in your lobby and what's going on. Um, I think that is now giving PC players a leg up because you can see what's happening in real time and i still am undecided on how i feel about that but mm. back to my point is that you get into these lobbies they're so hard they're so sweaty and you think about all right well what's the reward at that point like if you're going deep into a game nothing's happening for you like there's no there's no reward mm -hmm. for performing well in those really hard lobbies so what's the point mm -hmm. so yeah. i am definitely a big proponent of having some sort of rank system I'm completely with you. I, I just wonder, because these companies have so much, you would think they would have so much data and analytics supporting 
one thing or another. To, oh, yeah. so, so at the moment, there's no ranking system. But I would wonder, like, what could they learn from Apex? What, what could they learn from Halo? Um, and have they determined that not having a ranking system right now draws in a lot more people because the I don't know because their base you know they're just trying to attract anybody doesn't matter like could be a a person that's played COD for 20 years or could be somebody that uh has never played the game in there so there's still trying to acquire new customers or something and that's the way to do it I don't know yeah but my my see my only issue with that is that it's a free-to-play game it's like right. there's there's such little reason not to play it or not to at least try it when you can access it for free assuming that you have the hardware to do it yeah but they're trying to make you buy it too yeah that's a good point i don't know let's talk about our experience from the so we we tried warzone companion i've only played with you once when we've tried it yeah it was interesting i have mixed feelings about it for sure um and i mean literally the first game we logged into it tells you so there's so much that it tells you when you log in but literally the first lobby we logged into suspected cheater high at a 72 percent headshot percentage and we're like all right well that's good to know i guess we're in a, we're in a cheater lobby um we didn't back still. out it didn't didn't def- or didn't um right. stop us deter. from from still playing that yeah deter us thank you um yeah. out of 100 it, kevin what was that lobby I think it was a 98 out of 100 difficulty, something like that. Uh, so it'll essentially gives you like the average KD of who's in your lobby. It literally tells you everyone's Activision ID of who is who you're playing with. So this can very easily be abused by stream snipers, which I think is a terrible thing yeah. um, and needs to be policed, I guess, by whoever is managing it um they obviously haven't figured that out yeah it's still in beta for sure and it it, i mean i guess the good thing is that it is only available for pc so it's not available for everyone but yeah i mean at that point is pc PC players are just have another leg up to console players um for us we have one yeah yeah so i downloaded it and i was like okay here's what's going on here's here's who's in the lobby like there was one game where we had three suspected cheaters um two on one team one one on another team um but that first game i mean it was it gives you a a a ranking zero out of a hundred of how difficult your lobby is and we got right off the bat 98 next to that number a guy's name listed in red suspected cheater was listed as high um listed his damage per minute his headshot percentage all of that so it's like everything that you you would think of that a cheater would have high stats in he was there like here's the thing how do we have a warzone companion random app that we have online but no anti-cheat no anti-cheat they know this is another company that's not i guarantee you whatever website this is they're not making any kind of like money that activision or raven or anybody is making Mm -hmm. that that the developers so how how do they know there's a cheater and we don't have an anti anti cheat? So the problem that I see is, I mean, I'm essentially looking at this as like a, it's someone who cares about the game, obviously, uh, just taking it into their own hands. Because since Activision, I mean, and I say Activision, I mean, you could loop Infinity Ward, you can loop Treyarch, you can loop yeah. Raven into all of this. Um, since they have not acted and created an anti-cheat for their game 
now other people are going about their own business and doing it. And it's not obviously a traditional anti-cheat, but it's a way to monitor it. And it's just giving you a an opportunity to have some insight as to who's in your lobby. And it could essentially, if you want it to, serve as your own anti-cheat because if you see a cheater in your lobby, then you just back out. Yep. Well, maybe I'm a little naive. Like maybe it's way more complicated than I think, but like cheating's been around a long time. So I'd love to hear from Raven or, you know, somebody what that looks like. Fortnite has an anti-cheat. So why can't, why can't Warzone? Yeah, that's, well, that'd be, that's what I'm saying. Now, we, we, we make it sound like it's so easy, but maybe it is extremely complicated. We just don't, you know, we don't know that as, you know, well, two gamers that are playing the game. But. I mean, the problem is, is that you have other games that are doing it. Yeah. And so, it, yes, while it may be complicated, the game developers have the ability to do it. They can mm-hmm. do it. It's just whether or not they want to commit the time, the assets, the, the funds to implement it, create it, and all of that. When yeah. they could just be creating more blueprints that give you a apparently a competitive advantage, um, and cost you money, and cost you money, and make more money, and yeah. not have opportunity cost. Yeah, are you going to have more players playing the game because this is anti cheat, or is that even worth it? Yeah, I guess it's not. So when you, the game, I will say, is infuriating sometimes. I still love it. still love playing it. I still have a great time. But when you get into the game and you are not knowing what a gun, how a gun will perform based on the attachments that you have, because none of the stats are correct. Uh, You're going up against somebody who has the same gun, but they just happen to buy the blueprint. So their gun performs better. You are going up against cheaters in every other game who just automatically have a fraudulent advantage. Mm hmm. Once again, that's a pay, uh, pay to win as well. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of content on YouTube that, um, guys have been able to interview hackers and cheaters. And I mean, you hear it straight from the cheater's mouth that they pay $40 a month for these hacks and they're walling and they have aim bots and whatever else. And, and they're saying, well, I, my account's been banned 200 times, but the game's free, so I just create another account and I can fabricate phone numbers that I can associate with an account and I can literally buy up to 10,000 accounts. There's no way to stop me. Well, what I say to that is the only way to stop that is one, make the game not free to play, which I don't think is the right way to go about it, or two, create an anti-cheat. Yeah, but if the game were so good, like it really could be with the anti-cheat and some of that stuff, I wouldn't care if it was pay to play because this is like with especially Warzone being brand new, the Battle Royale, mm-hmm. like very different in COD. I would have bought the game anyway. So Yeah, but the the problem with that is that they're never gonna go back to the the buy the model model yeah. because free to play is just so much more profitable for them, which yeah. I mean you, you think hilarious. about it that way it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. when when it comes down to it, the fundamentals of having the battle pass and an in with all the microtransactions in store because you're not paying for the game. You can justify, okay, well I'm just going to spend $10 on this bundle keeps track of how much you end up paying. Yeah. And so you can even just like your average person can end up paying, you say $60, which is what the game would have cost you. Anyway, you pay that over the course of a year and then you essentially bought the game. 
and then you have people who are literally purchasing like every single thing out of the store and that's where they're making their money oh yeah and you think how can they justify having a store with microtransactions in a game that you're purchasing from the bat i feel like they can't do that so yeah. in order to keep that store in they have to keep it a free to play game and they're already making literally billions of dollars off of this yeah so why change the model right yeah really what i want to know is when are zombies camos coming to warzone that's the question you ask every week kevin yeah i know the, the problem with that though is that they need to fix the uh just camos in general i think before they bring it over because yeah. there's I mean, we mentioned it at the start of this. The camos just look so terrible in Warzone. So it's like, if they can fix all of those, then then bring the zombies camos over. Don't rush it. Well. But fix it. And fix all the other things that we just said. <laughs> yeah, fix literally fix the, the grocery list of things that we just listed off. I feel like this is a very negative episode uh, for <laughs> Warzone. But I mean, that's just the state of the game right now. I f- there's, there's so much wrong with it. That just needs to be addressed. And it if it will be addressed uh, is a very big question that I don't know if we'll ever find out the answer to because I don't think they all will be addressed. Well, I will say at least in um, more exciting news, I have seen just little things about the uh, new Warzone map. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week with the Dirty Bomb or whatever it is, Fire Team. Yeah, uh, Fire Team, Dirty Bomb. Yeah, what I'm hearing is that the map is uh, going to be a little bit smaller than for dance. Um, but so close, but a lot more going on. Well, and from what I read and, and seen, Warzone really has like a six by seven playable grid. If you pull up the map in Warzone, there's it's a grid system. Yeah, and there's it's six rows, seven columns. I don't know if it may be switched. I don't know. Um, but it's really I think technically ten by ten, but of the playable area, it's like yeah. six by seven. Um. And what it sounds like the the new Warzone map is supposed to be an eight by eight. So mm. how much of that is going to be playable? We're we're not really sure. Um, so maybe a little smaller, maybe similar in size. But the Fire Team Dirty Bomb maps, uh, as we had alluded to last week, are seemingly more and more uh, realistically going to be making up the entirety of that map, which mm-hmm. I like. I think bringing those elements from Cold War into Warzone just makes sense. Yeah. But that kind of concerns me. Want to see the transition. How do we get there? That's what I'm interested in. That's a good point, because um, Bryce deactivated the nuke that was going to be going off, so what happens now, uh, and how do we transition into that? So I'm a little bit concerned with the new map, just based off of the status of Cold War... um, elements within warzone right now yeah. so i'm hoping that they can one fix all that's wrong with cold war and implement that within this new map yeah i don't have a lot of faith to be completely honest i'm hoping this doesn't ruin the game at the moment i don't think it is but but it could we even talked about a dmr this we even talk about the patch at all even dmr got nerfed it's still good mac got nerfed it's still good Diamante's got nerf. They're still good. That's pretty much where we're at. <laughs> I will say, I will say, I feel like I can tell a perceptible difference in the Mac and the DMR. It's just they're still they're still good. That's fine. So current state of Warzone, kind of in shambles. 
but still fun bit. to play, which is wild. It's like it's on a, a slow roast. Like it's not on fire by any means. Like, but smoldering. Yeah, just yeah, just flames. But I'm hoping like that. It's like that meme, like of the dog that's this sitting is in the fine. flames. But like, wait, yeah, like this is this is fine. But like, the flames aren't as big as in the meme. You know? Yeah, and I'm hoping that uh, the new map doesn't get us to that meme. If it does, we'll tweet about it. Follow us on Twitter at the Joystick Pod. <laughs> I think that's gonna do it. That's all she wrote. Warzone's a shit show right now. Honestly, Kevin, you enlightened me to a few things that I didn't know about. So uh, you're welcome, everybody. Because dropping knowledge bombs all over I'd the say place. We're pretty, uh, we're pretty informed over here. But follow us at the Joystick Pod. We tweet a lot now. It's great. Yeah, I'm we've gonna, kind of I'm been going off on Twitter last couple days. Of you, for the most part. So, Kevin's being uh, very good at Twitter. Um, also, I want to invite um, people like Joe Woe, maybe Nick Merck. Hey, any streamer that hears us, come on our show. Come hang out. I don't know. Yeah, Nick Merck's come on the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we can have Lofty Gold. He's a bro. We could be boys. Actually, speaking of him, have you seen his workout streams? I haven't seen his workout streams, but I saw him, and he is beefy. Yeah, yeah, he's a beefy boy. He's over, uh, I heard him talking about he's over 200. I, I can't imagine he's over six feet tall, because he looks beefy for 200. No, he's like 5'6". <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I think the running, the running joke is that he's short and doesn't have a neck, so. Does not have a neck, that's true. Well, anyway. Okay, follow us, the Joystick Pod. Um, We love you all. Goodbye. See ya!